evidence and answers. Dealing with divorce is devastating, not just to you personally, but also to the family as a whole. Today we are seeing more and more marriages end in divorce. So how can we respond in a kind and loving way to someone who is going through a life-changing circumstance such as divorce? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zukran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. In today's broadcast, we will hear Pat interviewing guest Ruby Ovid. Ruby has dealt with divorce head-on and now makes it her mission to minister to others affected by divorce. Also, to share her story and at the same time encourage them with the hope of Christ. If you're unable to hear this entire message, all of our broadcasts are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Now here's Pat with part one of this interview with Ruby Ovid. You're listening to Evidence and Answers, where we provide compelling evidence for faith in Christ and present biblical answers to the challenges Christians face today. You know, even as Christians, we live in a broken and fallen world. Christians go through some very difficult times of losing a loved one, sometimes through death, but also sometimes through divorce and separation. It's a topic a lot of Christians don't like to talk about. But there are many hurting people in the church who have suffered through separation and divorce. How do we reach out to them? How can we bring hope and healing in their life? So many get ostracized or condemned when instead the body of Christ needs to befriend them, restore them, restore faith and hope and minister and come alongside those for we don't know all the reasons for why sometimes marriages fall apart. It's not God's ideal, but even the Lord experienced this. In Isaiah chapter 50, though he loved Israel perfectly, Israel did not return that love to the Lord. In fact, in Isaiah 50 verse 1, the Lord says to the nation of Israel, Where's your mother's certificate of divorce with which I sent her away? Or which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you? And so you see here, even though God loved Israel perfectly, said, I handed her a certificate of divorce. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah chapter 3, God says to Israel, if a man divorces his wife and she goes from him and becomes another man's wife, will he return to her? Would not that land be greatly polluted? You have played the whore with many lovers, and would you return to me, declares the Lord. So even the Lord, though he loved perfectly, that love was not returned and he says he handed Israel her certificate of divorce. It's something that Christians experience. Yet, how do we deal with that situation? How do we minister to those in that situation? Well, with us here today is a woman who has walked that very difficult journey, Dr. Ruby Ovitz. Ruby was born in the Philippines, the youngest of five brothers and two sisters. She graduated with honors from Philippine Normal University. She was awarded the East-West Center scholarship from the University of Hawaii and received a master's degree in educational administration. She went on to further study at Stanford University and Columbia University, and she also received a Doctor of Ministry in Christian Education from Hawaii Theological Seminary, and she served for 40 years as the elementary principal of the Hawaii Baptist Academy, retiring recently in 2012. And one of her most valuable ministries is that for over 20 years, she has led a support group for the divorced, widowed, and separated under the sponsorship of the Bible Institute of Hawaii, and God has used her to minister to hundreds of hurting individuals. And she's here today to share what the Lord has taught her through her many years and her experiences in life as well. So, 
Ruby, welcome back to Evidence and Answers. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for being here. Well, Ruby, tell us a little bit about your journey here, how you met your husband and a little bit about your family before we get into the other issues here. As I told you, I grew up in the Philippines and came here as an East-West Center grantee. And when I was at the University of Hawaii, I met uh, Mr. Ovid or Dwight Ovid from Vermont. He's an American from Vermont, and he was also an East-West Center grantee. And then he was assigned in Micronesia as a Peace Corps volunteer. And our friendship grew, and he invited me to go to Micronesia. And in Micronesia, in Kusrai Island, the name of the island is Kusrai, he proposed to me, and we got married. So we got married in Micronesia on January 3, 1973. I was already principal of Hawaii Baptist Academy. So we came back. He came to Honolulu, and we were remarried at Kaimuki Evangelical Church on June 24, 1973. And we started a family, and we have two children, Christopher and Rochelle. But in 1982, a most painful event in my life when we separated and we divorced in 1985. Well, Ruby, well, tell us just briefly, if you can, the events that led to this tragedy in your life. You know, when you get married, Pat, and you begin to live with a person, you get to see a different value system. The values that your spouse has maybe the same as yours or different, or you think they are the same. But in my case, it became wider and wider the differences until finally the love we have for each other was no longer there. And I wanted to focus on the children because the children were very little at the time. So it ended up being separated from him and eventually we filed for the divorce and we, we were officially divorced in 1985. Then after that, I cried and cried, very, very painful. And I asked God, Lord, what do you want me to do? And God said, help others. Somehow I, I heard him say, reach out to others who are hurting just like you. But I said, how? I don't know how. You will know. So he gave me how, and, and that's how it happened. Now, Ruby, what emotions and thoughts did you struggle with at this time? A lot of people say, you know, how could God allow something like this to happen? Oh, yeah. Or why? (laughs) What what kind of emotions were you struggling with? I asked those questions, Pat, many, many, many times, sleepless nights, hundreds of times. I was angry. I was lonely. I felt guilty. I was hopeless. I was helpless. I was... You know, I was a wreck, emotional wreck, because I never, never thought that I would be divorced because in the Philippines, there's no divorce. And I'm the first one in my family who who is divorced. And I never really, truly imagined that I will be divorced. So it was a very devastating experience for me. I wanted to kill myself, actually. But the children, who would take care of them, they were very little. So I prayed to God. I said, Lord, help me to be strong. Help me to be a mother at this time. I give up, I'll give up my role as a wife, but I'll not give up my role as a mother. Please, I said, strengthen me, comfort me, hold me, and show me the way. And he did. 
step by step, little by little. God wiped my tears. Yes, you know, something people need to understand. There's, it's not as simple as memorizing a Bible verse and the pain goes away or saying a prayer, you know, and the pain disappears. Yeah. You know, in your case, Ruby, and many of us know, it, it may take months, years to walk through this valley. And sometimes for some of us, we seem to be in that dark tunnel for years without seeing any light. Yes. But eventually, you know, we do see the light. And it does come through God's word and God's promises. But it is a painful struggle. It's not something that you can just memorize a verse and the pain will go away. It's a valley that we have to walk through, which may be a very long, dark valley. You're true. That's very, very true. Well, Ruby, tell us, how did the body of Christ respond to the news of your divorce? Some I'm sure were understanding, but I'm sure some were not. And perhaps were condemning. You know, Pat, I am so fortunate because... All my friends, they embraced me. Even my boss, Colonel Sagert, the president of Hawaii Baptist Academy, when Dwight and I separated, I went to see my president, and I made an appointment. And he said, oh, what's the problem with school? He, th- he thought it was about the school. I said, Colonel Sagert, I said, it's about me. And then in front of him, I cried. And we were so quiet for a while. And then finally, I told him, I filed for divorce. And you know, Pat, he stood up and he hugged me. Wow, wonderful. He said, I'll be here to support you. Then after that, so he was the first person I I shared. Then I said, I'll share it with the teachers. He said, do you want me to be with you? I said, no, I'll have a faculty meeting, I'll share it. So we had a faculty meeting that Wednesday afternoon. And then I did the faculty meeting, the agenda, and after that I said, well, the last agenda here is about me. It's over. The meeting is over, but if you want to leave, you can leave. If not, stay. Well, all of them stayed. So I told them I was crying. And you know, Pat, they all hugged me. Fantastic. And then in the following morning, in my cubby, I have letters from them, letters of encouragement from my teachers. I said, Ruby, stand firm. We love you. We care for you. I'll never forget that because they were just beautiful letters. And then after that, I stood up in church and I told the church, same thing. They embraced me. They hugged me. They sent me cards. In fact, some of them sent me food for the children. The one that I did not tell were my parents because they were 87 and 86 years old. And... I cannot tell it to them. So I called my sister, and my sister said, no, don't, don't tell them. They're too old already. They think you're happy. So my parents passed away without knowing. But all my brothers and sisters, they supported me. All my friends supported me. The body of Christ was beautiful. Really, truly supported me. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, I hear too many stories of faculty removed from their positions when divorce is discovered, Sunday school teachers, deacons, children's were kicked out of their positions once, and the leaders don't even sit down to ask what happened. Mm. You know, in many cases, these people worked hard at their marriage. They tried, they prayed, and, you know, the other one wasn't responsive. But immediately they were condemned and assumed they were messing around or didn't try or weren't praying or anything like that, and were removed from their positions right away and ostracized from the Christian community. That's a terrible thing that happens, but in your case, I'm glad that didn't happen. In fact, what 
people going through divorce really need, mm-hmm. really is a friend at that time. I know that because when I began my support group, in my support group, there were members who told me what you said. In fact, a minister of music in one church, when he divorced, he was asked to leave. Another lady who wanted to get married in the church, the pastor would not allow her to be married at his church. I said, I will not officiate it because I don't believe in divorce. I was shocked. And you know, Pat, I never asked people to, to love me or to accept me when I divorce. I leave that in God's hand. They are not my worry. So all I know is I love God. This thing happened. I ask God to forgive me and hold me and help me to take care of my two beautiful children. That's mm-hmm. all. And I think for those who may have been unfairly removed from their positions or ostracized, you know, yeah. I can say to you that, you know, that doesn't represent the full body of Christ. Yeah. There are many out there who are gracious and will take time to understand and you know, look at your situation and be gracious and reach out to you. And there are those Christians who are out there. They're not all going to be critical and condemning. There are those who will understand the situation and extend, you know, grace and and friendship to you as God does to us. That's one of the reasons I do the support group, Pat, because many have come to my support group and told me the same thing. And it is in the support group that they felt peaceful, Mm -hmm. accepted, valued, loved, you know, appreciated, you know. That's why the support group keeps growing. Yes. Yeah, because Mm. it is in the support group that they can share all this pain and everything. And so I'm so thankful that they're very honest. And it happens. It did not happen to me, but it happens, you know. Right. Even their own parents, they don't like Mm. them. Yeah. You know, I've seen it. I work with others in the same situation. So the answer that I give them is, remember, God is your father. God loves you. No one may, they may, others may ostracize you and not like you, but God, He loves you. He cares for you. That's the essence of my book, that God's love is for everybody. It's unconditional, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and God understands. Yeah. Because, you know, the book of Hosea clearly illustrates God's love for Israel, and yet Israel turns away. And so, you know, if it happened to God, who loves perfectly, well, then how much more? can happen in our fallen world yes. to husbands and wives who can love with great integrity and yet it doesn't end up being responded to sometimes. Yeah. Well, Ruby, I'm sure there were those who are critical of you, you know, saying, you know, how can you remain in this kind of situation when you're divorced? How do you handle their often unfair judgments of you? You know, Pat, I remember one person, he told me, you are principal of school and you are divorced. And really, I was really surprised. And I look at him and I said to him, it takes two to make a marriage. I said, God knows I love to be married. God knows how much I work hard to keep that marriage. But I can only control my own behavior. Yeah. Takes two to make a marriage, one to destroy it. Yeah, so I said, I can only control my behavior. I cannot control someone else's, even my ex-husband or my spouse then. So I said, the main thing is, I believe that God has a purpose for me, and I will use this brokenness to reach out to others. My life is not yet finished because I underwent this divorce. That's what I told him. 
I want to discover more what God wants me to do, to glorify Him in spite of my pain. I remember that vividly. I said, because it's through my divorce that I began to see that there are many people out there like me, and I want to share with them that God's love is there no matter what. If I failed in my marriage, I accept that. But I do not want to fail God. Sin does not defeat God's grace. Yes. And the sin of another person does not overcome God's grace in your life. No, God's grace is greater than all sin or any sin that may have been perpetrated against us as well. Well, you know, Ruby, some people see divorce as the unpardonable sin. You know, is it? And, and what are some other common myths you hear about divorce? They said that, you know, the common myth is people who do not love God divorce. I love God, but I divorce. That's why it's painful. But I cannot be responsible for someone else's behavior. I can only be responsible for myself. And myself, I know I love God that in spite of my brokenness, I want to help use a broken vessel like me. That's what my prayer to God when, when I divorce. I said, Lord, I am broken. Use a broken vessel like me. How? How? And that's when I started this support group and reaching out to those who are broken. I began to see that God really, truly loves each and every person because He made them or He made us in His own image, that we are valued by God, we are loved by God. God is with us no matter what happens. And that's the message that I want them to have. And the future is beautiful because He has a plan for each and every one. If we believe in Him, He will carry us through. Well, Ruby, what would you tell someone who's in the midst of great emotional pain going through divorce, or maybe it's been a couple of years, or maybe several years, and they still feel that great emotional pain? When you have so much pain, you forget that God died for you, and God's pain is so great, He gave His life for you. Nobody has given His life for me except Christ. And when I come to think that when I was in the midst of my divorce, nobody said, okay, I'll carry your burden. Nobody had said that to me. The only one who said that to me was Jesus. Come to me, Ruby. Give me your burdens, and I will make it light for you. I remember that night I was praying. I said, Lord, I cannot take this anymore. I have two children. I have a heavy responsibility. I have a job to, to take care of. You know, I have no family here in America. I want to die already. And God said, I died for you, don't you see? So give me your burdens, and I will carry it for you. And stay with me, and I will make you understand that my love and strength is enough for you. Just be still. Just focus on me. Just trust me. And I will carry you through. And you know, Pat, that night, I reached out my hand. I just felt God's hand holding me. And that was the beginning of my change. I just truly put my faith in Him that God will carry me through. And He did. You know, He did. You know, Ruby, one of the biggest issues that people face is the issue of forgiveness. And what would you say to someone who is still struggling with issues of forgiveness? from a past divorce, or maybe they're in a marriage and they've been deeply hurt 
by the spouse, maybe being unfaithful or saying things that are very hurtful. How do they deal with the issues of forgiveness or unforgiveness? Yeah, I'm glad you are asking me that question. You know, Pat, when I was so much hurt, I hated my ex-spouse very much. And then God said, you cannot heal if you hate. And I just realized that. That's why I was not healing. I was, I was still very, I was carrying my pain and anger. So one night, I knelt down and I said, Lord, forgive me for hating him. Forgive me for not forgiving him. And so in my heart, I forgave him. And then I wrote a nice letter and mailed it to him, asking him to forgive me. And you know, it cleansed my heart. After I did that, I forgave him and I forgave myself. I asked God to forgive me. That was the beginning of my healing. So I, I began to understand that forgiveness is the key to wholeness. Just forgive. Let, let God, uh, the revenge, God said, I will handle that. Revenge is mine. But I just want you to look at me and forgive him. Forgive all the people that have hurt you. So that's what I did. And when I did that path, believe me, I had peace. For the first time, I was able to sleep very, very peacefully. And for the first time, I had joy in my heart. So the key to believing that God had forgiven me and forgiven, I have forgiven my ex-spouse is the beginning of a new journey for me, a joyful journey with a bright future. It's wow. the beginning of my wholeness, healing. Now that's the beginning, Ruby, but you talk about there's a whole process of healing yeah. that we have to, steps that we have to go through. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that process, process. We, okay. we, we need to all go through. Yeah, the process of grieving are, number one is the denial stage. You deny that it is happening. You deny that nothing is wrong. You deny that you are already separated or someone left or someone passed away. Number two is the anger stage. You are angry that this thing happened to you. You are angry at other people. You are angry at yourself. You are angry at the person who hurt you. You're just so ang uh, so full of anger that you don't see the value of that person. The next one is the bargaining stage. A lot of ifs. Maybe if I was not you know, nagging him, maybe he would not have left. Maybe if I was more educated, she would have stayed with me. Maybe if, you know, I was nice to her parents, maybe she would not have left. A lot of maybes. Maybe if I were more beautiful, you know, then maybe we could still be together. Then the next one is the depression stage. That is a very painful stage where you are antisocial, you don't want to see anybody, you don't want to talk, you don't want to go places, you, you're just depressed, you know. You're lonely, you're sad, the day is dreary, you don't want to be with people, you hate people, you know, you isolate yourself, you get to see a doctor, get some medication and everything. Then the next one is the acceptance stage. You begin to Accept who you truly are. You begin to accept that, hey, life is beautiful. I am worthy. I have a special talent. I'm capable. I can take care of myself. I'm able to, to be able to help myself and live well. I can do it. I can make it. God will take care of me. 
you begin to accept that life, there are ups and downs in life. You begin to see the beauty of life again, that people love you, care, they care for you. They want to help you. They reach out to you. You appreciate more who you are. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. Be sure to join us next time for the continuation of this exciting show. We hope you enjoy Pat's show today. If you find this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous donations from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, you may do so right there on the homepage of our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. We have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles, books, and additional audio for you to listen to or download. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit their website at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ, right here on Evidence and Answers. Evidence and Answers.